I'm Mark Boris and this is Straight Talk. Being arrested, mate, if you have... Don't ask me live <laughs> if I've been arrested. Uh. <laughs> Jeffrey Morgan spent almost 20 years in jail for a series of thefts and bank robberies. He's on a mission to stop other young people making the same mistakes he did. So, you grew up in Redfin? Yeah. Talk, talk, tell me about mum and dad. <laughs> mum and dad? Mm. Yeah. Mum, you know, alcoholic, dad, gambler. My father was abusive physically. I thought he was someone I couldn't have safety from. Ran away from home and I'll paint the scene like, if you've ever been to the worst alley you've ever seen, times a hundred that, right? Drugs, alcohol, syringes. As a young kid, 12 years old on the streets, what do you do with that life? I put that mask on when I walked out of my cell every day. The mask was, I'm tough, I'm strong, I'm staunch, ready to battle anybody. But every time the door, door locked, I still think about the, the tears I shed for my kids, my wife, my life. Of, you know, to sit there with myself and go, who are you? What do you want out of life? And that's what formed the program. So tell me what Jeff Morgan's business now do. Yeah, so it's all around the mindset. Going down that path myself, destructive, too constructive, that's huge for us. What you do today, paying forward to other communities, what you've learned. Absolutely. Jeff Morgan, welcome to the Darlinghurst Studio. I don't want to scare you too much, mate, but welcome to the <laughs> Darlinghurst Studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, mate. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Good to see you finally. Um, what well, is? We're not far from the uh, the Darling Earth Cop Shop. Uh, it's now, I think, it's a, a university or a fine arts place or something like that. Um, Definitely. If we go back in time, you probably found yourself at the wrong end of that joint. Absolutely, and not a place I wanted to visit back then. Um, all part of the trade, I suppose, at that point in time. But definitely, I would exchange it for what I've got now any day. I mean, I'm looking at you now. You look like you're just, uh, you know, like a schoolboy, even though you are close to 50 or maybe slightly over. But um, you look like butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. Like, uh, <laughs> but let's go back to when I used to. So, I guess let's say, tell me where it all started. You, you grew up in Redfin. Yeah. Talk, talk, tell me about mum and dad. Mum and dad. Mm. Yeah. Um, probably mum. You know, alcoholic, dad, gambler. When I think of mum and dad. When I, I, you know, lately I've been having a deep dive on myself, I think, not think I know. And, you know, to even go to their funerals in custody at that point in time, to both of those funerals, chest out, the mask bandit, and I wore a mask at that funeral. And the mask was, I'm tough, I'm strong, I'm staunch. How, you know, this is what a man looks like. I was a weak boy and, you know, I look... A lot of those habits came from my parents in the nicest way. They And I always beat up on what they didn't give me. I look back on it now, Mark, and I probably think that they gave me 2,000% of the 100% they had. And they were trying to do everything they could. My father was um, abusive physically. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Discipline, the old German mentality coming across, you know, 18-year-old kid, Baker, doing his best, and he just didn't want to see me go down that path, and I thought he was someone I couldn't have safety from ran away from home and you know for me they i look back on it now and they did they gave me so much and you know i'll never get that back mark i'll go to the to my grave with that regret if you want to call it that i learned lessons from it i always say lessons are blessings in your life but yeah it was yeah they, they did their best with what they had and they grew up in an era where their parents their past generations just didn't teach them what I've got now and you know, it's something I want to pass on to future generations um, in my line and of you know, kids and it's just I think of them and I think that they yeah they were just dealing with their own traumas their own best way I suppose dad coming over here he didn't he wasn't educated baker straight into that work we ate I ate um, a lot of um, <laughs> croissants whatever they were making you know as a baker that, and I realized later on why we were eating so much I thought it was a good thing oh dad loved me he was gambling so we had no money and I remember you know stories of my father um, uncle comes over Friday he's been paid he opened the fridge to get something out of the fridge and he said where's of food and he goes I've lost all the money as it's Friday didn't you get paid today so you know that's the type of home I grew up in um then there was violence between those two and so mum and dad yeah mum and dad and you just see that as a normal way of life so my first response to a situation before I even got into you know those formative years seeing that you think that's normal behavior and you just go out to the world with a whole bunch of anger but um yeah, monkey see, monkey do. Absolutely. And I look back on it, Marky, I think to myself, and I, you know, I used to beat up on that version. I used to say, what a, whatever you call yourself, we've all been there. Oh, I could have done better. I made a mistake. Effed up, whatever you want to call it, right? And to me, all it was was I was equipped with this much knowledge, but I was trying to operate at this level. And it's like getting into business and saying, I know business after one month and <laughs> you have a good giggle at that. And that's that was me. I was operating at that level saying, I know life. I, I knew zero about life and I got the role modeling from who? A gambler, a, a person who was trying to deal with their trauma from past generations as a proud Aboriginal woman. Um, Where do you fit in the line of kids in a family? Where are you? I was second last in ours, and I didn't know about the last. Second youngest. Yeah, second youngest. Um, seven brothers, three sisters, and I didn't know about my younger brother until even that. Like, it was just so dysfunctional. Mum had leukemia in hospital drew that they needed bone marrow i was like who's david and all of a sudden she goes you know all the aunties look at me like let your mum tell you and huh. i was like what's up here and all of a sudden you know i find out i've got a brother and his introduction to me was i rang him up and mum's 
not you know on her last legs i suggest you fly up if you want to meet her he flies up comes to my house um i am i'm out for the night giving the key to the house ring him up you're ready to be picked up and he says i don't think um you should come past mum the police are here looking for jeff <laughs> so that yeah. was my introduction and that was so not that was my normal way of life based around what my parents and that proximity gave me and it was just yeah what do you do with that life like what is, as a young kid 12 years old on the streets ran away from my mother and father 10 years old or probably around that sitting on redfern street redfern looking up and they're saying who do you want to live with who who asks your child that question something i'd never do to my kids and you know even though i've parted ways with my wife ex-wife i should say i'm happy to be mature about that situation have those conversations and they just didn't do that and that's the role modeling i got and had to rewire that over many many years i was going to talk about rewiring because i think that's really important um you know because we a lot of times we're told that um um we don't we don't possess free will and it's our genes that you know it's our dna that decides what we're going to decide i mean there's a lot of discussion about that in the scientific worlds at the moment absolutely but you can rewire you can rewire your mind you can actually change the way the neurons connect in your brain and uh, you having done a science degree because you're now you have a degree in nutrition so we'll talk about that in a moment but yeah you understand the science of these things now which you wouldn't have understand when you're a 12 year old kid Absolutely. and no way but that whole rewiring thing is really important but you know we can say you know science scientists have told me that when you're in your mother's womb her mother's dna is actually forming part of your DNA. So what, it's not just what you saw as, your, as a kid from your mum and dad and your community, but it's also what your mother saw and what her mother saw. And you can Absolutely. go back quite a few generations. Absolutely. So it's a really tough thing to deal with. Like, and people say, oh, well, fuck him, you know, he should be better at it um, or she should be, you know, you're an adult, you know, like make, make change. It's not that bloody easy. And um, so I, just, I, I want to ask you this, Jeff. Do, do you remember the first time you ever got pinched? Sort of, kind of. I was in, in Newcastle. and Age? 12. What yeah. are you doing in Newcastle? Breaking in the shops. Were you living time. up there? No. Nope. Catch a train up? Yeah, so the entrepreneurial mindset, I started doing things here, there, and everywhere, and I started to travel, and I went, I'm going to make a life of this. And... It's sort of still in, still instilled in me to this day, and that you know, as a global business now for us, that's I don't know. Started at twelve years of age. Realistically, let's go to Newcastle, three hours away, and let's break into some shops there. So why that? Why, do you remember why you chose Newcastle? You thought it was underdone with the cops, or easier? Uh, easier? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I might have, might not be as many police as the city. Yeah, <laughs> I've got no idea. I honestly, I look back on a lot of it, Mark, and I think to myself. It was just a blur. I couldn't tell you years between probably 12 to 37. Yeah, like when say people say, when did you do this sentence, that sentence, and the other? Just couldn't. It doesn't. I'd have to. If I was being true and honest and it was for a million, I'd probably lose, to be honest with you. That's how much of a blur it's been. And I don't want to. The only time I look back on it is those lessons that became blessings. What did it teach me? How can I grow from it and prosper into a better human being? And the rest comes organically, financially, and everything else that comes with it. But just, yeah, it was just a massive blur. Well, I know I'm not going to get into the detail because I don't want to talk about this stuff. There was just one thing I want to say to you and ask you just one thing about this. (laughs) Um, Someone, a mate of ours, um, said to me, He's the best 
I think my recollection is the best armored car robber or something along those lines, or the best bank robber or something. And by this way, this come from this particular individual, he must have been pretty bloody good if he said that because he wasn't too bad himself. Um, did you realize that you were getting that reputation as being a, a, a obviously in jail amongst people in jail? But uh, do you ever realize you were getting that reputation? That was your brand, absolutely. I yeah, so I, I built that business. I thought about this Saturday too. It's crazy. I've been having these reflections, and I, I sit and truly think about it. And I think I built that brand from 12 to 37 when I retired and I said that enough's enough at that point in time so 30 uh, sorry 25 years of building a brand that I had to let as go as a bank robber as a bank robber uh, just, just doing a, robberies yeah everything I did at my, I tried to do it at the highest level even when we got cars I was you know Porsches or something of that nature that was the nature of myself and I had this my father was a make it happen don't be a gunner shoulda coulda woulda be a doer and as much as I ran away at 12, that stuck with me forever. So I went out and I said, I'm not going to just do the average thing. I'm going to go out and do it really well. And for me, you know, that reputation I lived up to, I put that mask on when I walked out of my cell every day, every time the door door locked. I still think about the, the tears I shed for my kids, my wife, my life. Yeah, and what could it be? Yeah, what could have been, South, um, like all these conversations, my parents, in my thoughts, they didn't love me. And going back on it, they loved me deeply. They the gave me everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I look back on it and as much as I wore that mask, I, I, it's something that's the same again I'll take to my grave because I lost 15 years with my kids and I was a weak boy. I wasn't a man. I wasn't a warrior to the people I brought into the world nor brought into my world, you know, commitment to my wife. It was, wasn't there, Mark. So the deep dive on that individual, as much as the reputation was great, I couldn't get out of my own ego. And people say, no, nah, mate, he's the most humble guy you'll ever meet. But for me, underlying, it must have been there because I kept going and I didn't pause for a moment to say, what could you do different? And you've got a good skill set, you've got perseverance, commitment, your attitude, whatever it was that I had, your mindset. My mindset was, to me, I thought I was at a new level. And and sitting up against those that were in custody, I was thinking, I sit really well here and chest was proud. As I said, handcuffs on me, I walked up to my mother and father's um, burial and yeah, just crazy. Can I ask you a question, Lee? Uh, yeah, there's a book called I love this book, it's called Neurocomic, and it's written by a neuroscientist along with a comic illustrator. And they talk about how the brain develops the story about ourselves. Yeah, and it starts at a very young age, it obviously includes DNA, but we build a story about ourselves, which you know, you do as a kid. And who knows where it starts? It doesn't really matter where it starts. Yep. And then you affirm that story about yourself by doing those things, Absolutely. like you did. You become a, a, a bank robber, or a, you know, an armor car robber, whatever. So you do the affirmation. Then you go to jail, and everybody, oh, here he is. He's Morgs. He, you know, he's well does his jobs really good. And so they affirm to you, and then you get out of the cell every morning. You put your mask back on. You just keep reaffirming to yourself. Absolutely. And that's that's. Not really anybody's fault. That's how the brain works. That, that's not. It, it gets to a point where it's. And I'm not trying to dismiss what you did. You know, like, uh, you know, I'm not trying to build um, an excuse for what you did. Yeah. But it, this is a truth. This is a scientific truth. Jeff Morgan 
was simply building a story about himself every time he did it and Absolutely. reaffirming that's who the dude I am. Absolutely. But something influenced you, mm. wanted to go into a degree while you were locked up, Absolutely. but also to make a change. Now, that's quite a tough, that, that's sort of going against the momentum actually in your brain. Neurologically, mm. because you have built this story about yourself over 30 odd years, 37 yep. years. That's a big thing to reverse. How the fuck did you do that? Like, what was it? Was there an event or was it, uh, was it just a realization? What was it? Was it you missing your kids? Have you got something or a number of things? Everything. Like, to hear your door, your door lock at night, that cell door, it is clunk, clunk, and that's on repeat. And that's your life. And then you sit there and you can be the toughest person with your mask on when you walk out in the morning ready to battle anybody and you had to in there. But your ID, I call it now the ID, it's part of our program, intentions or distractions. I sat there one day and just said, is this an intention or distraction? And I said- How did you learn about that? Where did that come from? Just deep dive on myself. Like everything I did, Marky, oh, I read a whole heap of books too. That I can't say I didn't read. Like I read- I loved reading. <laughs> you read whatever you could get in there sometimes, especially when you're in a slot, there's nothing to read. But in general, even books that weren't relative towards neuroscience habits would teach me a habit or say, oh, wow, people think like that or something of that nature, and I take that away. And I think, you know, the traumas, being arrested, mate, if you have... <laughs> You think don't you ask walk. me. Don't ask me live <laughs> if I've been arrested. Uh, you, you, when I say being arrested, there's two types of arrest where they knock on your door and invite you out of the house, and you you walk you know down the street and jump in the car with them, or get thrown on the ground and hit with the butt of the gun, and then someone stomps on the back of your back, and you can be the hardest criminal. You know that's part of the job description for yourself. It is traumatic. And to have that repeated on you so many times and you don't see it coming. There's times where bang, something will come in and your door's kicked in and you're on the floor in a heartbeat and you're in a shop and you're down on the floor, cars pull up and, yeah, those traumas, traumas, traumas. I was there for John Killick's escape. That to me was traumatic. They shot at that helicopter and I was in the path of what I felt was the path or the line of that fire and they didn't have any and I heard a tink 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 and as you see the movies so you're thinking the blades are going to break off and come through and slice you in half so you can be the toughest man on this earth but when you break it down and you get in that cell at night you go back through your mindset and you think what about your kids what about your wife what are you showing up to is this tough you're really impressing people it was crazy be staunch and loyal don't dob anyone in don't worry about cheating on your wife. You've made a commitment, but there's no loyalty in that. So I was real twisted in my morality. And I think just sitting there with myself, and I realize now the mindfulness has come out and all these this breath work, it's an opportunity. How In this stimulated world, when do we get a chance to just pause for a moment and think about things? So Joe gave you that opportunity. 120, 20 years of, you know, to sit there with myself and go, who are you? What do you want out of life? And that's what formed the program. Yeah, but why, why would you – okay, what's the difference, though, between you and, say, you know, Nettie Smith, like, who's, you know, is in there for life? But 
Ned, he never rehabilitated. Never. Mm. Like, um, do you think the difference is you could read and write, or do you think the difference is that you're curious? Oh, I, I, I look at anyone, even yourself, mate, and I'd say, well, if they can get a Ferrari, or they live that life, or they travel that way, or just the average mum or dad could buy that car. What? And I don't mean average. I mean just the yeah, normal people. Yeah. People, how do they do that? What do I need to go and steal something to do the same it's thing? Curiosity. Yeah. Is that I a big part of your life? Absolutely. I think the world's about exploring and and whether it's in business life, um, yeah, just what is life to people? I always ask people in the program, what's the meaning of life to you? So we can define what that is and we create the A to B of their life and start to make sure everything's ticked off. And for me, I didn't have that as a kid. I just went out and rolled out with life. And yeah, there were some good times, but there was a lot of hardship and, and struggle in it. Is a curiosity about what you do or not doing or is a curiosity about what other people are doing and how can I do that? All, all about me. And, yeah. and when I say that, what did I want out of life? And then if I can't or don't have that information like my parents don't have, then what could Mark teach me? Yeah, what so could this person that's teach That's important me? to me. I, I want to know, yeah. did you get guidance? Now, was it actual – did you seek out self-guidance while you're, while you're locked up? Mm. And, you know, today, you know, you're running successful, successful businesses, which we'll talk about in a moment. But did you seek guidance in jail or did you seek guidance from what you read? Or was there someone who was your guide, someone talking to you? Even in jail, I was talking to people that had maybe misappropriated funds. So they'd never really gotten into trouble. And I'd say, I learned tax. I, to us, our, yeah, for us, our tax file number wasn't important. Your min number growing up in Redfin was important. Min number, that's your jail ID, right? So from, to even discuss a tax file, that for me, just like anybody else starting any type of journey in business, in life, in health, I had fear, anxiety, I'm not good enough, you can't do this, who are you, you young boy from Redfern, you've got a criminal record. And for me, I just sought out those even in custody and I sat with them rather than others because I wanted to start to... I, to be honest, I was trying to hide what I had, and I was saying, "What? Do I, how do I do it? How did I? How could I make my taxes work for me, etc., cetera, etc.?" Cetera. And I was sitting with these blokes that, are, you know, maybe people that you might have even known, and in exchange, I'd make the sure guys, yeah, and yeah. I'd make sure that they were okay. None of the boys told he's my mate. So even just sitting with me, they said that's so that's a trade. Yeah, exactly. Trade off. Yeah. They were safe. I got the information. Yeah, yeah. So an exchange, a beautiful exchange. So, so it was not just curiosity, though. It was therefore it yeah. was it was a, a a transaction. Absolutely, and it was a sinister one, I suppose, if you want to well, put it that way. Not a sinister one. I, I shouldn't say sinister, but like one that I had intentions, wrong intentions of how could I hide things, how could I do this, and then as I did that, I started to go, well, why couldn't you do that? And you know what? You're not just going to accept average. You've never been like that. What, what would happen if you actually did that? And, yeah, there was so much doubt. And to this day, you know, I sit and I'm in this space right now. I feel like I'm in between. I've left all the past behind, so I've got no friends from the past. I realized they were toxic, so and I've loved them, and I wish them all the very best in their choices of life. And as you elev elevate through these levels of business, 
I feel like I'm in this space all by myself and I'm not with yourselves, I'm not with them. I'm just, you, you try and deal with people in business as well and they're like, oh, he's got a criminal record and some people don't want that. Maybe he's going to you know, try and convince me and take some money. For me, I'm all about building a brand that's reliable, honest, um, totally different version from chapter five to chapter 55 and I'm ready to do that. But yeah. It's um how do you how do you how do you extricate extricate yourself from the past? And what I mean by that is, you know, you have you by definition you have to make friends in jail. Yeah, you have to, otherwise you're not going to survive. Um, a million percent. But when they come out, or they got friends who are outside, they're communicating with each other. They say, "Well, yeah, fucking Jeff's rushed me." I mean, yeah. how do you actually extricate yourself without? Offending people, or not offending, but like sort of doing it in a smooth way. Mm, I just, I just, I have, I've same thing. You've got to have those conversations. It's like almost, and I learned this from the pitch. You know, you jump in the lift, Richard Branson jumps in the lift. What are you going to pitch to that person in that short time? How do I pitch to this person to make sure that I know that, or they know that I respect them and I respect the choices they make, but. In my world and their world, it's a two totally different things. And by interacting with one another, it might damage my business. So they respect that and they have that conversation. I seen someone yesterday. I was boxing. Say hello. I wish you all the very best. Didn't exchange numbers. They'd just come home, finished 14 years. And you know, for me, we trained together. We hung together when we were you know back in the day and i just went i just don't want i don't i don't even want to exchange a number if he goes well and he goes into business and we can have that conversation by all means i'm happy to step in that space with him but if you're dabbling any way shape or form i'm going the opposite direction yeah so you have to be pretty firm about it absolutely you've got to be decisive in business right so same thing if this person's not being honest to me they've operated on a level i don't want to be in that space of i'll step out of it and i'll have that with the same thing i just i've said to people recently listen you've the way you're operating but in a nice way as well um and just be able to have that conversation it's not my space and i wish you all the very best in business it's about being well man and polite but to confront it absolutely so i'm actually quite fascinated about um you having to done a degree in nutrition like how do you do a degree in jail I mean, like, how's it work? Is it by correspondence? How's it work? You get an hour with a tutor a week, Mark. You yeah. download your material. Yeah. And let me tell you, if you miss a page, which happened more often than not, for whatever reason, the printer paused, jammed. I don't know how it happens because we don't really get to do that. And you go through, is everything good? Yeah, everything's here. You just think every, And then all of a sudden you get to this one page and you're talking about ions and you're going, something doesn't make wait oh the page is missing yeah <laughs> so you, you did by correspondence oh yeah all by correspondence how many years four years and some wow. like it take no four years inside and then a couple of years technically outside to finish it off because you can't do particular things yeah and then i went um when i was in bail on bail down in melbourne at the time i'd go out to deakin university in um east geelong out that way Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, so you, you did a degree in nutrition. Yes. Why did you decide nutrition? I mean, that was a bag of giving you croissants every morning. <laughs> to this day, it's stuck with me. It's very, uh, Sal will tell you, my partner. It's um something I love. I, I've got a bit of a sweet tooth here and there. But I think, yeah, for me growing up in Redfern, that was something I was really passionate about at a young age. Drugs, alcohol, syringes. I'll paint the scene like if you've ever been to the worst alley you've ever seen, times 10, times 100 that, right? And it's just rats. It was just disgusting. And then imagine the habits of the food that we ate. I'll tell you my order. Cheeseburger meal, extra cheeseburger. 10 nuggets, sweet and sour sauce, hot apple pie, chocolate sundae with extra fudge, breakfast, lunch, and dinner as a kid once I started to make money. That was without fail. And I always worry about that at this point in time in my life, even though I've sort of flipped that. Um, yeah, just to see all the health issues in our community. I looked at my uncle Nani's grave the other day, 40 and 50, Mark. My yeah. cousin dying at 40 just up the road in St. Vincent's four organ shut down from life choices and I'd see that in front of me even as I don't know 12, 13, 14 year old kid kids overdosing at 13 that scared me from hard drugs I was like well and we had it probably 6 to 10 at that point in time so I'd just jump back from that and I just went you know is this what we really want is this is this really what we want to do to deal with who we are and is this who we really are and as much as I saw the, yeah, this is good times, dance until three in the morning while I'm trying to sleep on a mattress with 13 other kids and the music's pumping, my uncle walking by slapping me and then I'd start quivering and he'd say, don't you cry, don't you cry. Is this what we wanted in life? So I just started to learn about how could I be better. Training was a huge part of that. So as a young kid, I started doing push-ups, stuff of that nature. And then I realized nutrition was a tie And Arnie made that, had the big encyclopedia. I read that and I started to just read books. And I just realized the value of quality of life came from the actions that we chose within our life. And as I went on, then I went, wait a sec, your thoughts, behaviors, your beliefs, your habits, your rituals, discipline, accountability. And now I formed all this version of what you see today. And yeah, that for me was the start. It all starts from the inside out and loving yourself, including what you put into yourself, helps you feel, function, and look the way that you want to. And, I, you know, it's saved my life. So I'm forever uh, grateful for that. Yeah, and I think one thing, I mean, one thing I've learned, uh, take a long time to learn, is don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, just, like, chill. Like, uh, it's going to be okay. Yeah, don't beat yourself up. That's the worst thing you can fucking do to yourself. Just beat yourself up all the time. It just fucks you up like crazy. You've made the realization in 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 jail over a long period of time. Mm. You do the degree, you finish off when you come out. Now where you're at? I disconnected with my kids during that time and it broke my heart. To this day, I have a strained relationship with my son. And yeah, you. you 
That'd like, be tough. You just can't get it back, man. Mm. Like I already lost 15 years in there and I've lost more out here because the more you don't connect with your son and you're out here in the opportunity, I'm a prisoner of my own mindset around that. It's one thing in my life that still sits there. And, yeah, you know, tough man and well-known and all that. I'd exchange it just to get a text from my son. I can't even get a text. And, man, I try every day. And we'll, so, let's hope that yeah. maybe you listen to this and uh, he might reconnect with you at some stage. He did commerce at Sydney Uni. He did did, he? It did really well. Like, yeah, that DNA really hopefully came from me and I'm proud of him. But you, you, I don't even get to tell him that. How old is he now? 26. Okay. Well, what do you want to tell him? That I love him. I'm proud of him. And um, learn the lessons from me to be all that you can be and – don't let anybody ever define who you are. Only you can do that and deep dive on that and be the new version for the next generation that we didn't have. Is there one thing you would want to do with him if he reconnected? Like if you said, hey, Dad, let go, or even you just called you Jeff for that matter. Hey, Jeff, uh, what do you want to do? Just hug him. Yeah. Man. Just hug my son. You don't want to take I... him to the bakery and buy him some croissants or something like that. <laughs> 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 yeah, bro, uh, he was, yeah, five, it's been 21 years, man. What's his name? Brandon. Brandon? Brandon, Brandon Morgan. Yeah, he, so, calls, he still goes by Morgan? Yeah. He lives in Sydney? Lives, lives in Sydney. Um, they bought a house, him and the ex-wife together, and moved out of the old house. And they wanted a fresh start from, you know, where the money came from, from the old house and so forth. And they've done, they've done well. And, you know, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just wish his his mum was a good person, hardworking, good family, and they taught me so many values, and I'm forever grateful for that as well. And you know, a shout out to as much as I got time for my partner. My partner's great in the sense of supporting the old version of me and the realizations of things. And towards you know the ex wife, she was she was beautiful. She did everything well. Um, taught me a lot about a lot of things and I'm grateful that she's been a great mother to Brandon. So does so does this sort of bring us to that point where Jeff's realized that he's learned a lot of lessons and that he wanted to and I'm just thinking this through now, I don't know, but tell me where I'm going wrong if I am, that what you do today is about paying forward to other communities, and it doesn't have to be Indigenous, it can be anybody, yeah. paying forward to other communities what you've learnt. Absolutely. Is that is that your deal? Absolutely. It's a, it's an insight. We had a great comment. We had a whole bunch of comments recently, and it's an insight. Someone said it's an insight into the issues I didn't realise I had. And I, I wouldn't say it's issues. It's just the gaps that we have within our life. So like business, right? Human, Imagine business without sales, marketing, admin, et cetera, et cetera. And you do it all, Mark. How long would you be there for and how much would you get mm-hmm. done? But what I realized when I was in there, relationships, business, life, yeah, travel, where do you want to travel to? Like defining that and actually knowing how much that costs and then looking at your current pay packet and saying, with your current pay packet, when would that happen? They go, never. And I said, so how are you going to change that? How are you going to get to that location? They go, oh, I don't know how. That's what I had as a block. So I built that into myself and that permeates out into every single person I come across now, whether they're in the corporate world, soldiers, athletes, mothers, fathers, kids, 
make sure we define our A to B of life and that becomes your ID, intention, distraction. Distraction, put it away, define it. Accountability, discipline, built behind that. And now that individual doesn't become the old version of me and take that to the you know graveyard. I walk along that Bondi to Coogee and I think I'm pretty sure it's Clovelly graveyard there. Yeah. I just I'm so inspired when I go there. It sounds crazy, but I think to myself, how many people didn't live up to their truest self? And people think my 20 years is crazy. Live whole, you live your whole life of regret and take that to your grave. That's crazy because now you're a prisoner of your mind mindset. And that for me, being able to help that person break free and step into their greatest version of themselves, their goals, dreams, aspirations, and the life that they truly want, that's magical. And I know the pain. You've, you might have felt that today with my son, my life, the habits that I carried through the, you know, those periods, and I can never get them back. And I'll, I'll take that to the grave. I don't sit and reflect and, as you said, beat up on them. I just sit there and go, what can I do to be better at that next situation or opportunity? And I'm going to make sure that I'm prepped and ready where preparation meets that opportunity and bam, you know, and same thing, whether that's with my son, whether that's with business, whether that's with life, I'm ready and I'm making sure that I'm ready for every single situation that comes up. So what's your program called? Like, So I mean, I, I got here, you, you signed a five-year contract with, KP. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I can't even pronounce a lot of that, but uh, it's an ab- Aboriginal corporation. Um, yeah, what, can you t- tell me what that is? So they, they do a lot around the Pilbara, all around the yep. mining regions, and communities there are pretty remote and spread out. And obviously the health and well-being, the quality of life of the individuals within those spaces, we want to make sure that we tap in and help those people. Oh, I shouldn't say those, but Aboriginal people see a better way of life because they only see what – you only be what you can see, Right. And proximity to that community, if no one's in that space, elevating and then sitting down and having those conversations, role modeling, culture, respect, these conversations, well, what's going to happen? You know, that's going to roll off into your life. And for us, we were able to sign a whole heap of five-year deals and to, to step into that different realm, to be able to do that differently for us. It was something that a young kid from Redfern never ever thought was possible. My first contract, I was thinking about this today, was at Redfern. I'll never forget, I took a photo. Um, NCIA, the National Centre of Indigenous Excellence, signed that major contract at that point in time. And I was looking up at my old classroom and I I had a tear in my eye because I thought, you know, 360 in between that kid up there and here was 20 years of jail, was destructive, dysfunction all of the words that you wouldn't put into a space if you got to choose them and how now sitting in this space I become constructive, happy, found in a peace and you know, that's what we um, are able to instill in these organisations so they perform at a higher level and you get individuals, they got, there's, as you know, people come in and want to just pay their bills and then people that align to the passion of that business and that's what we bring into our business, make sure that the individuals coming into that space but also individuals going into other spaces for businesses are performing at their best because they are actually passionate about what you do or who you are and they become a part of the framework just as much as you are, and that for us has been life changing. You've got the cut the bullshit um, program, yeah. Maybe what is that? that I, mean, is, I love the saying, but like, yeah, it's more about you know we tell ourselves and we feed ourselves the words that we need to. I'm okay. 
Yeah, we'll keep affirming who, who our story about ourselves. Absolutely, and enough life's good. And next thing, you know, brother and sister commit suicide. For me, another huge journey through. Oh, in your family? In my yeah. family. So to have those a brother and sister commit suicide to me is just, and I didn't see it coming. We say that we're okay. But are we really okay? And if I sit down with any individual, we could do it with yourself and you'd sit there and go, oh, wow, all of a sudden a light bulb switched on around particular things that you haven't thought about because what we do as a business is think about how humans are built and what you want to get out of life. And cut the bullshit means get through what you tell yourself. Be real. Be real about it. And like social media these days, project the shiniest version of ourselves. Vulnerability is strength. How many people are going to jump on a podcast and say, let me tell you about the ugly version of myself, Mark. They're going to come on, come on and say, I'm worth a million dollars and here's what I do, X, Y, and Z. And it's all shiny. But underlying, are you... Yeah, in the bathrooms on the weekend as soon as business finishes, making drug your way of dealing with your emotions, missing time with your family or your wife, cheating on your wife is an example. And as you know, it's a huge part of this world and people tell themselves, my life's good, relationship's good, commitment's good. I was that person. And to have gone through that and pulled myself on, uh, pull myself up on that. I had to cut the bullshit and get through to the greatest version of myself through that bullshit that I told myself every single day. It's a program. So it'd be yeah. like when you used to go to Newcastle and you thought this through and I'm going to become really good at this sort of stuff. What's it look like? Nothing worse. As you know, we go in, they say, can you come and do a day's worth of conversation? And Who's they? Who's that? Uh, any organisation. Yeah, okay. And so let's say it's George Bank or whatever. Yeah. And I love it, you know, all right, great, it's business for us. But at the same time, Mark, coming to the gym and train one day and now you're going to pop with muscles, your six-pack is out, you know about nutrition and all of the above, impossible. So I always say try and do something long-term. But in general, we'll try and power pack that day. And the idea is what is the meaning of life to you? What does inner peace? look like to you so what you're doing is creating a framework or roadmap so you have a group and you'll ask yeah. them all and i ask Do you them, write them down get it right yeah, down so they'll write it down for themselves because in general i made a million dollars so this is how you're going to make a million dollars through this scenario step-by-step process right that, that's <laughs> bullshit yeah and um and exactly right so how do you build that individual? And when we go through these questions, people go, I'll ask them, what's the inner piece look like? And they go, dunk. You remember the old computer sound? Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I'm looking and I'm seeing their faces going, oh. and I'm like, are you okay? And they're like, oh, I don't know what it looks like. And that's what happens. We become unconscious to the conscious version of life. And that means that you're just saying, we go through the program of life, like you said before, with the human brain and neuroscience. We're programmed into go through school, get a job, yeah, yeah, and go to uni, it's buy the car, buy this. And I'm not saying it's the wrong way of life, but the, is that the intentions? Would you like to travel more? Would you would you like to have your own business? Yeah, but you know it's a bit scary and. By the time you're at 22, Mark, in that old world, have a think about it. Your parents don't do that. Now your school teachers don't do that. Now you go into a relationship, oh, that's a bit hard. Now you go into your first workplace, don't do it like that. If you've got the wrong boss and they put it on you in a different way, then you go into, you know, and that will roll on into life. And by the time you're 22, you're like, oh, maybe I'll just go with the flow. Let's get a loan. Let's pay this off. Let's retire at 75. And I was just of a version 
luckily enough to run away and at 12 years old said, how am I going to make some, no, actually, how am I going to survive first? And money became a secondary sort of beneficiary of, of that action. And for me, that rolled into business. How can I change and save lives? And as you know, a secondary, I'm financially, I'm in a place where I want to be. And I never ever said, I'm going to make X amount of dollars. I just want to change and save lives. And to do that, what value do you bring to the space? And when we ask those questions to people, what is the meaning of life to you? And I go, I've never thought about it. Once you define it, now you've got a roadmap and like a business plan, a vision statement, whatever mission statement. Now you've got that for yourself as an individual. So it's almost building your own business and the greatest business on this planet is yourself. And that's sort of how that whole neurocomic book works because you then start to affirm in your mind by asking other people what it is that, you know, like gives them the most peace in their life. Um, You start to reaffirm in your mind what what is the most important thing to you to give you, you know, peace of mind. And it's sort of interesting. I I had a, I did a podcast, straight to a podcast with a guy who's a um, sort of, uh, he doesn't like to be called an expert, let's call him a coach to making a pitch. And he said the most important thing when you're pitching to an audience, big or small, it doesn't matter whether you're pitching to investors or just talking to an audience of a thousand people, he said you've got to understand their their purpose right from the very beginning and then you've got to add value, which is exactly what you just said. You know, know, if you're in business, any business, I don't give a shit what it is, Understand what the purpose of your audience is. What do they want from this? Absolutely. And then secondly, how do I add value? Absolutely. They can walk away. So I got something out of that. Absolutely. You know, that's really important to them. How did? I, what did I get from that? And uh, you, you got to make sure you know what their purpose is and give them something extra. Absolutely. Not just talk shit to them. Um, yeah, and they just don't want to necessarily hear about you know your past. Yeah, but that, that's that's maybe some context, but. Uh, You've got to deliver something valuable to them. Absolutely. And so your program, Cut the Bullshit, um, is that so – I want you to take me through what are yeah. your businesses? What are you doing? I, mean, I know I got – we just mentioned the program a moment ago about the Pilgrim, but yep. to tell me what Jeff Morgan's business now does or businesses now do. Yeah, so it's all around the mindset. Um, obviously, going down that path myself, destructive to constructive, that's a huge for us. So um, can you give me an example? Are you the NRL? You're doing something with the NRL? Yeah, d- around leadership and mental health, well-being, um, that resilience building, high-performance habits. So that's sort of the context of what we do. And sitting down with those individuals, like I can go to an NRL club, I, I think you might even go for that club yesterday as an example, and I ask them who's leaders within this space. And what I find when I do this with that club they're all looking at the captain to go, yeah, I'm the leader here, you know, and have that conversation. But as you know in business, if you just if everyone's relying on you for that outcome, they have to wait. Imagine being at war and saying, wait, Mark's we've got to get the command from Mark. Yeah. And it happens at war. Sometimes you've got to be decisive for yourself. And then I have that conversation. So I said, do you turn back to the fullback and say, should I make this tackle? Should I go left? You, you couldn't turn your head backwards. You'd lose focus. Well, on where it. it becomes a problem, mate, and I'll tell you straight up, is yeah. when he got injured when uh, Burgess hit him that time two years ago in that uh, <laughs> prelim, um, he went off with with concussion and we were rudderless. Absolutely. It doesn't matter whether Joey Marner could go back and play fullback or not. It's irrelevant. Absolutely. Um, it, we lost the dude yeah. that everybody is relying upon. Absolutely. Which means someone's got to step up. 
Absolutely. And, and I remember Jared, he's, he didn't stop, but he just got angry mm. with Burgess. And then the referee got offside with Jared mm. and they penalised the shit out of us. And I don't know if you remember that game because I know you're a South supporter, but yeah. uh, that game, I think Broncos, it was like- actually. Broncos, eh? There was like 13, uh, 13 stoppages and something like seven sin bins wow. in one game. Wow. Because the referee just lost control. Yeah, absolutely. Because I remember that game. The, the leader was gone. And to your point, no one was stepping up. And, and so, what do they say to you when you ask that question? And, and how were they? Do they feel confronted? Absolutely, you can see it. I'm like, wow, I'm surprised. This is what I'm talking about: unconscious bias towards who we actually are. You, you know, people look up to these people that are playing in the NRL, and no disrespect, they've done great. But we have some element of our life. So, their health, their their sporting ability, and so forth is at the highest level. They're at that elite level. But then, if you go into the relationships, hence why some of them make a bad relationship decision or choice and then they end up in custody themselves as an example or they their finances they don't know how to manage it i give you you know one of my old um people from the area a million dollars what happens with the million dollars market we go and party every night and yeah. that's the reality because they just don't know how to use that space so when i ask them that question silence and i'm just sitting there going listen to the crickets and then once i said once I explain that to them, so do you say to somebody, push across, come this way, shift that way, next hit up, take it right, next hit up, take it left, work the left edge or whatever it may be, are you the person right next to that person in the grand final when everyone's screaming, they're screaming out, take it left? I said, that's, and they said, yeah. I said, so I'm going to ask you again, who's leaders within this group? And even when they do that, because you haven't felt that before, this is what I'll get, half pitched yes. And I said, put your hand all the way up. Because in business, as you know, or anything, life, health, if you go half in, you'll get a half a result. And maybe sometimes that half a result is what we then say that's acceptable and what you accept you regret. So you think life is magical here, but let's dig a little deeper and let's find out what's there for yourself and what you want and then create accountability, responsibility to the words that come out of your mouth, cut the bullshit, and now we're going to create some discipline. And if you give me an excuse, I'm going to tell you why based around my story that you can do it, based around a bloke I've seen training yesterday with one arm and one leg who shows up to my gym relentlessly and does chin-ups with a little band that he's got attached and still does his chin-up. Don't give me why you can't. Show me why you can and show me what value and benefit I call the VB effect. So, people, big shout out to them. <laughs> the contract you've got with the NRL, you've got yep. the stuff that up in the Pilbara. Um, you've got your basic contracting business where you um, get the, let's call it the, the bullshit program where corporates can um, you know employ you. Is it, how many people in your team? Like, what do you, what do you got? Ten, 10 in a team or, or um, consultancy on that sense and maybe something I could speak to you or other people about. Um, that, that's the advice I got early on um, in the space and, and financially where we were. This year, definitely looking at doing a, a lot of things 24. differently. Yeah, we've got 49 major contracts and we're looking- 49? Yeah, so we're, we're looking to build a whole heap. Um, PR team talking to other major organisations or management team and we're going to try and step into those spaces. Where are you con contracting like- in Australia or and or outside Australia? Yeah, in Australia, outside Australia and, and anyone that wants to do business around creating leaders. And and my final question to you is this, um, because when I saw you down in the gym the other day, I thought, fuck, he looks fit. Um, <laughs> I mean, and a lot of guys, they, I mean, you've been out of jail for a long time, a lot of guys come out of jail, they're fit, I mean, yeah. because there's not much else to do. Um, 
but you've maintained that position. How important is fitness to you, physical fitness? Huge. How, how does your brain, your internal function without the river flowing smoothly? And that starts with your foods, your thoughts. And yeah, we always have this conversation, one-dimensional mindset or multi-dimensional. And you can say, I'm going to be healthy. If someone says that to me, I'll say, all right, define it. And they're like, what do you mean? And that's what I, yeah, for us, that's the business itself. That, that's your indicator that you're not conscious of. Well, where do you want to do that? In a gym, in a park, down by the water, swimming, boxing, what is it? How many times a week? Who with? What's it going to help you with confidence and looking at the factors? What are you lacking? Well, guess what? If you step across the line and you step into that. So the importance of fitness to me, not only then, and it was something I did from that young age, I carried from those habits, seeing Aboriginal people. And then I realized, you know, I used to think it was about Aboriginal people back then and being inspiring to them. But I realized that human beings, when I sat down with big corporates and I sat there with those CEOs and I realized the disconnect I'm doing, and most people do this. I'm giving my family my everything. I'll go and work from five in the morning to 12 at night. Your kids want a hug. Your wife wants some attention and quality time, those sorts of things. And people start to realize, wait a sec, and let's get your planner, rip out your diary and show me your diary and I'll show you your life. And once you, that was the importance of health to me because health wasn't just about keeping this fit body. If I had this fit body, the byproduct of that was the confidence, the proactiveness, the whatever it may be within my life. And that allows me to have inner peace mark for the first time in a long time, other than my son being in that space. Everything else, honestly, I'm at a point where I'm doing everything I can to be better at that space and I'm moving forward contently, I suppose, if, if that's even a word, being I'm content with the space I'm in other than the son's, um, the relationship with my son. And, you know, that's where I'm at at this point in time and the realisation that health plays a huge role in quality of life, suicide prevention, domestic violence. Like for us, being in that community in and around Redfern Waterloo, I saw the knock-on effects of not being healthy dying early who wants to die early and quality of life you can tell me you're living but most people are existing i'm talking people outside because the prisoner of their own mindset breaking free of that how much is it worth how much is peace of mind when you go and lay your head down on that pillow at night a restless night is a restless mind and for me to be able to instill that into people it's the greatest thing i could ever do so i am the brand i am the version at 50 I want to look at that person. You tell me that's what you do. I improve human beings, build better human beings. Well, let's have a look at you. Oh, well, you know, you look the goods. You speak that way. Let's have a look at your program. Oh, you operate that way as well. Now it all ties in because, as you know, oh, let's quit smoking and I'm out the back door having a smoke. Or the on the authentic- Yeah, the authenticity and it goes out the window and you lose everybody's um trust and as you know in business trust is everything so i trust in me because this is the first thing that people get to see when we rock up to a meeting and say they might have already formed an opinion based around a reference or something from somebody else now you've showed up to the meeting you look at a million dollars and they're like wow this is the person that could step into our space a lot of people do that um to start out with a talk in general whole day as an uh, whole day workshop and by the end of that they say hey let's sit down and talk about a long-term contract together and at that point in time that's where we stepped across the line and you know sal and i built that together i had that transition to 16 to 18 um, and it all came from the habits the discipline 
of this body that you see before you. And it wasn't about, when I was a kid, it was about being like Arnie. Um, in this day and age, it's about just living a longer, stronger life of independence, no medication, and I'm proud of that, you know, so. Well, that's a good place for me to, to close off on it because I think what, when I get out of this whole conversation, and apart from, you know, you reconnecting with the sun at some stage, but there's no lack of intention there, is that Jeff Morgan has built a better human being himself that is Absolutely. and that's how you pay forward you want to build better human beings to your words they're your words you want to build jeff morgan and his business and his programs are about building better human beings absolutely take an unconscious to conscious thanks champion Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.